Following a transfer. From atop the lowest state theater building. Tales of intrigue, adventure, and the mysterious occult that will stir your imagination and make your very blood run cold. This is Dark Adventure Radio Theater with your host, Erskine Blackwell. Today's episode, H.P. Lovecraft's Imprisoned with the Pharaohs. When you think on the mysterious, the uncanny, the unexplained, one name comes to mind. Houdini. Even now the world still mourns the passing of the master magician and escape artist. Today, Dark Adventure Radio Theater celebrates Houdini's enduring legacy with a special tale written by Houdini himself with master storyteller H.P. Lovecraft. Journey with us back to a time before the war as Houdini searches for his next great illusion in exotic Egypt. His quest to master the Orient's mysteries leads him to temples deep beneath the desert sands and into the clutches of fearsome Bedouins. Not even the great Houdini can escape the thrilling and horrifying secrets which have lurked for untold millennia under the Pyramids Inn, imprisoned with the pharaohs. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hello there, Jim. You're not looking too chipper today. A bit too much last night? Ugh, you can say that again. Overindulgence sure can leave you feeling miserable the following morning. But the quickest way to regain your verve is with a tall glass of bubble pep. This sparkling lithiated beverage will quench your nerves and put a spring back in your step. Here, try a sip, Jim. Wow, that's fantastic. I feel better already. When the night before leaves you low the morning after, drink delicious and invigorating bubble pep. The L is for lithium. Drink bubble pep. It'll fix you fast. Drink bubble pep for a zip that lasts. That's bubble pep. Go and buy you some. The L is for lithium. Yum, yum. And now, Dark Adventure Radio Theater presents a dramatic adaptation of Harry Houdini and H.P. Lovecraft's Imprisoned with the Pharaohs. In 1914, with Europe on the brink of war, the great Houdini finished a professional engagement in England and set off to tour theaters in Australia. He determined to make the most of his journey by stopping along the way in a place that had always fascinated him, the land of the Nile. There in old Cairo, Houdini and his wife Bess learned that mystery attracts mystery when they thrilled the city with a spectacular show at the American Cosmograph Theater. Backstage, they prepared for their performance. Have you seen the drape for metamorphosis? Look at the crate, stage left, behind the crystal casket. Ah, these Arab stagehands. Can't find a damn thing. Excuse me, Houdini. Ah, Rodrigo, uh, give me a hand and grab those leg irons. Yes, sir. I have a telegram for you, sir. Found it! 
My hands are full. Read it, will you? Houdini. No, just the man to help you out in Cairo. Stop. Bought him ticket for tonight. Seat AA20. Stop. Talk to him. Stop. Signed, Charlie Tower. Stop. May your success never... Stop. That's it? Yes, sir. You met Charlie? Oh, yes, sir. He came to the show at the Olympia in Paris last year with several lady friends. <laughs> He's something else. He's rich as Croesus and quite the ladies' man. Here, take these, will you? <laughs> Say, find out who's sitting in seat AA20 and bring him backstage after the show. Well, of course, sir. We're about 30 seconds to showtime, Houdini. Thanks. Bess? You seen my calico vest? You're wearing it, Harry. Places. Ladies and gentlemen. Your master of ceremonies for the evening, Rudolph Lloyd. Thank you, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be here tonight, and we have a spectacular show for you. Thrilling and delightful acts from around the world come to Cairo for your edification and amusement. Let the show begin! Take your seat. Prepare to be amazed by Professor Jocko, the world's smartest dog, and his trained human, Humberto. <laughs> well, I'll say that is one clever pooch. That dog does tricks everywhere. <laughs> and now we bring you a tuneful girly farce down among the sheltering palms with Francine Kelly and nine others. Gentlemen, Larry Conklin truly is stronger than steel. And now, may and may not, comedy's clever couple. Say, where did you go this afternoon? This afternoon? I went to the museum. Went to the museum? Yes, went right inside. Why did you do that? Was it raining? No, it wasn't raining. We're in Egypt. I went in to see an ancient curiosity. An ancient curiosity? An ancient curiosity. You had to go into the museum to see an ancient curiosity? Why didn't you just go home to your wife? <laughs> Say, I didn't tell you my wife I got a new that job. that proves that laughter certainly is the best beast. Now, from the shores of Tropical Ocopoco, we bring you Wee Mona, the tiny tap dancer, singing She Sells Seashells. Take it away! She sells seashells on the seashore The shells she sells are seashells, I'm sure For she sells seashells How do they do it? The Boutrex brothers. Two brothers with only two legs between them. And now, prepare your funny bones for Belgium's favorite ventriloquist, the amazing Paveo and his friend, Gaspar. I've been thinking, I want you to give me a dog. 
dog? Ooh, that might be good for you. Uh, what kind of dog would you like? A hot dog! They're the nicest! What makes you say that, Gaspar? A hot dog is the only kind of dog that feeds the hand that bites it! Oh, Gaspar. Your father was in the war, with their genuine Louisiana Negro dance. Thank you, gentlemen. And next, we bring direct from Avignon, France, the juggling sensation, Le Impressive, no? But you see, Monsieur Le is stone blind. Any power of mesmerism unleashed here tonight by Gertie van Dyke, the mentalist of old Amsterdam. I will show you the hidden secret powers of the mind. I ask for a volunteer, a man as strong as bright and gay. And when Irish eyes are smiling, sure they steal your heart. That's beautiful. A round of applause for Ireland's treasure, the Conroy family singers. And now, ladies and gentlemen, prepare yourselves for tonight's headline act. We bring you Europe's eclipsing sensation, the world's premier prison breaker, the supreme master of mystery, Houdini! Good evening. I am Houdini. Tonight, I shall amaze you. I shall confound you with illusions and feats which will make you doubt your own eyes. I shall escape from the inescapable. For your enjoyment, I shall subject myself to feats of daring and extreme physical endurance. I will show you the impossible. I am... Houdini! <laughs> People sometimes say to me, Houdini, your show is so spectacular. What with the beautiful illusions, the costumes, all those assistants, how can you pay for it all? To them I say, why, it's easy. When one is a magician, one can get money for nothing. Why, see this plain cloth bag, quite empty inside and out, and yet a magician reaches inside and finds this large gold coin. What's this? Another and another. Why, they just keep coming. Ha ha! And that, my friends, is how a magician gets his money for nothing. As my assistants prepare to take these coins to the bank, I think it's only fair that I help them out. Ladies and gentlemen, you will see, suspended above the audience, a large glass bucket. Uh, may I have a light on it? There. You see it? I don't know if you have the same problem I do, but it seems every time I have money in my hand, 
it somehow vanishes. Hmm, why yes, there it goes, into the bucket above you. Let's see what happens to this one. And this one. Yes, this one too. Why, they just slipped through my fingers. My lovely assistant Bess, dressed as Winter herself, stands clearly before you on this tall table. And as I raise this screen, we see her lovely silhouette. Wave to the folks, will you, Bess? But in less than one millionth of a second, she's gone! Handcuffed, manacled, tied in a sack, and locked in the trunk below me. But faster than you can count, one, two, three! It's Houdini! And now, ladies and gentlemen, we are pleased to show you our grand finale. The most dangerous escape I have ever attempted. I shall be lowered head-first into this water-filled and metal-strapped tank you see before you. My feet will be securely locked above my head. I, Houdini, will offer the sum of $1,000 to anyone who can prove it is possible to get air from the upside-down position in which I shall be secured. Now, I invite these lovely audience volunteers to inspect the apparatus thoroughly as I shall change into my swimming costume. My legs are now firmly secured and locked. Ladies and gentlemen, I can hold my breath for two minutes. When I am lowered into the tank, I invite you to hold your breath along with me. My assistant, Rodrigo, will be standing by with this fire axe in the event I am unable to extricate myself in less than two minutes. Let us begin. These pulleys lift me by my feet. And now, from this upside-down position, ladies and gentlemen, I give you my most daring and dangerous escape of all time. The water torture cell. We shall raise this curtain around the tank as Houdini attempts his escape. Our volunteers will surround the curtain to ensure no outside assistance is made available to Houdini. Are you holding your breath? We're now at 30 seconds. One minute. That's one minute and 45 seconds. minutes. Rodrigo, is the axe ready? Yes, ma'am. Shall I... No, wait. Two minutes, 15 seconds. No, you know he can't go any longer. Wait! <laughs> I am Houdini! We showed those Egyptians a thing or two, eh, my dear? Certainly more than they'd get from that incompetent handcuff faker we saw on the boat from London. Everywhere we go, there's someone trying to steal your act. The world's full of charlatans and ne'er-do-wells, my dear. But there's only one Houdini. 
<laughs> Still, lively house tonight. Oh, Harry, before tomorrow, would you take a look at the catch on Goodbye Winter? It's sticking again. Certainly, my love. Enter. Excuse me, Houdini? Yes, Rodrigo? You have a visitor, a Mr. Ward? Never heard of him. He was in seat AA20. You asked me to... Harry, the telegram from Charlie Tower must be the man he sent. Ah, of course. You decent? Decent enough. All right, send him in. Be nice now. Any friend of Charlie's is... Probably a very interesting person. <laughs> this way, sir. Houdini, may I present you Mr. Ward? How do you do, Ward? <laughs> it's a great pleasure to make your acquaintance, Mr. Houdini. Please, just Houdini. This is my beloved wife, Beatrice. How do you do, Mr. Ward? Please, call me Beth. Oh, I'm honored. Uh, Professor Nathaniel Ward, you can just call me Nate. Professor, eh? What do you teach? You sound like an American. I'm an archaeologist with Miskatonic University in Arkham, Mass. See, Bess, I told you he'd be interesting. Onward, Miskatonic. I saw the game against Brown this fall. Your myrmidons gave them quite a trouncing. Oh, you've been there. I'm afraid I don't really follow the sports myself. But you must. College football's a gas. Oh, well, I... Don't uh... mind him, Nate. This brood is always drawn to physical feats and men crashing into each other. But a great university is great because of its scholars. Isn't that right? Well, I should hope so. <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. Houdini. Uh, Bess. Well, I'm a scholar from the School of Hard Locks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I must say I quite enjoyed your performance tonight. Tremendous. Your, your costume as winter was lovely. Oh, that's very kind of you. What did you like best, Professor? Well, the um, water cell was quite a thrill. Uh, my upside down. Oh, it, it's a crowd pleaser, no doubt. And it's not as easy to imitate as the old milk can escape. And when you disappeared from that table, how did you do it? A magician never reveals his secrets. Ah, quite right. <laughs> that would spoil the fun, wouldn't it? I like this fellow, Harry. And we understand you're a friend of Charlie Tower. Oh, well, we've been able to help each other out from time to time. How is that young rapscallion? Last time I saw him was in Paris. I showed him how to make a few bottles of Chateau Neuf de Pop disappear. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, he's well. I'm, I'm here in Cairo doing a bit of research for his father's foundation. I'll bet. The towers have fingers in a lot of pies, believe you me. Well, no place like Cairo for archaeology, I imagine. Oh, no, ma'am. Charlie said you might be able to help me out with something, Professor. Please, call me Nate. What might I be able to do for you? Nate, a man in my business is always on the lookout for the next big thing. A new showstopper, the next water torture cell. I've got to keep ahead of the imitators. I can only imagine. I've got in my mind to do something Egyptian. The public's gaga for Egypt, pharaohs, mummies, and all that. We've only just arrived here and thought we should have a look around for inspiration. Harry was thinking of creating an illusion inspired by some of the artifacts. One of those mummy boxes or something like that. Well, uh, I'm doing some work at the Cairo Museum. I'd be happy to make introductions, show you around their collection. There are thousands of pieces. That Charlie Tower's a genius. You are just the kind of guy we're looking for, Nate. You're sure it wouldn't be an imposition? Oh, no, no. I was planning to be there anyway. I'll speak to the curator. Would 10 o'clock work for you? Capital. We'll see you there. The next morning, Professor Ward joined Houdini and his wife at the Museum of Egyptian Antiquities, a storehouse of priceless treasures in Tahrir Square, topped with a Roman dome. There they met with Jean-Paul Dupuis, the associate curator of the great institution. But I'm, I'm afraid the director will be supervising a big side this entire week. Hmm? 
Howard Carter just discovered a new trove of mummies at Gassi Farafran. <sighs> Director Mosparo is most eager to ensure they do not fall into the hands of smugglers. Ah. I fear our resources are stretched very thin. There's only a handful of staff here, like most museums. Ella. Oh, gee, that's tough. But I've got something here that might make things a bit easier for you boys. Well, what is that, Monsieur Houdini? Please, just Houdini. You take checks, don't you? I can assure you it's good. Monsieur? Bess and I thought we might make a little donation to the museum. And maybe the museum might be able to help us find the right prop for our show. Oh, Monsieur! Houdini, I didn't mean to imply... Oh, tut, tut. Picture it, Nate. I'm all bound up, wrapped up like a mummy, and lowered into one of those big funny stone coffins. A sarcophagus. Right. We bury the whole thing in dirt. There's music, and voila! I escape! Under the pyramids! Houdini's latest marvel! Oh, Harry, not dirt. Think of the costumes. Okay, sand. All nice and clean. She's the practical one, eh, Nate? Monsieur... You cannot purchase objects. I'm not purchasing anything, Mr. Dupuis. Bess and I are supporting a valuable institution and helping protect Egypt's treasures. If Lord Carnivon can do it, why can't I? Well, I suppose... Would $10,000 make for a suitable donation? Oh. <sighs> but of course, Udini, most generous. I mean... Uh, I'm sure some kind of arrangement could be made. Perhaps Director Maspero should be consulted before... On many occasions, the director has made gifts from our collection to the museum's greatest benefactors. Sure, sure he has. That's so kind of you, Monsieur Dupuis. Why can't you just build a replica? I mean, it's only a map. It must be real. The public demands it. I am Houdini. If it were a replica, Nate, the press would accuse Houdini of common trickery. His feats of escape are all entirely genuine. Mm. Of course, I, I see that. Still, Monsieur, it... I say ten? Let's make it fifteen thousand. What do you say, Dupuis? Professor Wood, why don't we take our benefactors to Storeroom B? Hmm? <laughs> I dare say the professor could tell you even more about some of our collections than I could. I suppose there are more sarcophagi in there than you could ever put on display. This way, madame. Monsieur. The objects exhibited at the museum were just a fraction of the collections held in musty storerooms on the lower floors. In one such room, an Egyptian workman, Ansep al-Masri, attended to one of the artifacts when the door suddenly opened. Here we are. Hmm? Perhaps we'll find something? Oh, one of the local workmen. Dirt cheap. Uh, yeah, uh, you, you there? Which one are you again? I am El Masri. At your service, Effin. Out of the way. We have important visitors. This is Houdini and his charming wife. Good heavens. There's so many. It's quite a warehouse you have down here, Dupuis. These coffins, what do you call them again? The word is sarcophagus. From the Greek, meaning flesh-eating. The Egyptians called them neb-ankh. Flesh-eating! Now that's a phrase made for a billboard. In letters four feet high. Every sarcophagus is unique. Sometimes you'd have multiple sarcophagi nested inside each other with a mummy in the innermost one. Outer ones are usually stone, but the inner ones could be metal, wood, alabaster. Harry, look at this one over here. You there, Almasud, wipe that off so Mrs. Houdini doesn't get herself dirty. Yes, Effendi. Sorry, madam. Oh, don't mind me. Mm, nice black finish. Looks impressive. 
Probably weighs a ton or more. Yes, it's carved from diorite. Like many of the statues in the manhole upstairs. Oh, incredibly hard and durable. Yeah, one might even say inescapable. Uh, that's not an ideal one, but over here's one that belonged to an 18th dynasty prince, Jutmose. You can see the prince's cat on the side. The cat's name was Tamiu. The black one would look better on stage. But this one's gilded. What's wrong with a black one? That's one from Banks, isn't it, Dupuy? Yes, we acquired it from Edgar J. Banks, uh, an archaeologist who, well, let us say, does not enjoy an untarnished reputation. Its provenance is uh, uncertain. Well, hell, I don't care where it came from. It looks great. But it still contains the mummy. Was someone talking to you? I beg pardon, Effendi, but I... What's all this now? A, a mummy? You don't say. That's even better. Yes, uh, Banks dated it to the, the First Dynasty. Claimed it was the sarcophagus of Pharaoh Kefkan's wife. Nitocris. The Egyptians called her Nitakaret. It might not be true. And, well, the mummy's condition is uh, rather poor. I, I believe half of the face is gone. Well, that's not a problem. That makes it scarier. Houdini, you don't want this one. Why not? It sounds ideal. It's the history that surrounds it. Well, the folklore. What do you mean? Spit it out, Nate. Let's hear it. According to Herodotus, Pharaoh Hephren was the son of Khufu, who built the Great Pyramid. Hephren, or the Egyptians called him Ha'ephra, he built the second pyramid to house his remains after his death. His queen, Nitocris, was a subtle and cruel ruler, in legend anyway. It said she invited all the lords and viziers, whom she counted as her enemies, to a great feast in a magnificent temple built for the occasion. As her guests said their prayers before the feast, she opened waterways to flood the temple and drown them all in the waters of the Nile. Good heavens! She was reviled by her people. They revolted against her and King Hephren. It said she was mummified while she was still alive. In this sarcophagus. Hmm. There's more. Arab legends say that the spirits of Nitocris and Hephren lived on. Ghoul monarchs ruling over an army of mummies that are neither man nor beast, deep beneath the temple of the Sphinx. That is quite a story. It's perfect. Dupuis will take it. A queen for my queen. Oh, monsieur, c'est impossible. A very special permit would be required. How about another five grand donation and you throw the mummy in? Fortunately, as associate curator, I am in charge of issuing such permits. We'll put her on display in the theater lobby. Crowds will love it. Houdini. Don't worry so much, Nate. This isn't history. It's showbiz. Besides, didn't he say it's probably not even true? People still believe in these legends, Houdini. It could cause problems for you. Please. Professor is right. I have heard there are many... Silence, you. I'm just saying, take another look at Jute Mose. You're an archaeologist. Don't tell me you believe in spooks. It's not... Or is it some kind of native outcry you're worried about? Poppycock, that's just more publicity for the act. We are talking about a show that will thrill the world. I'm not worried about a handful of mad Arabs with some fringe beliefs. What can they do? Well, come. We should leave this place. Uh, you, sir, I'll... Uh, you will prepare the sarcophagus and the mummy for Monsieur Udini. As you command, Effendi. Follow me, please. Madame Houdini, have you seen Cairo yet? Oh, not yet. Our hotel, the theater, and this museum are all we've seen. Mon bleu. Oh, I shall send a, a museum guide to take you on a, a grand sightseeing tour of the city. Smashing. 
You coming, Nate? I'll be along. Don't look so glum, Nate. You've done us a great favor in finding this thing. Not very civil of you to call down a curse. Forgive me, Effendi. I did not... Aref any batkalem Arabi? Never mind. Damn it, Charlie. What have you got me into? As soon as the Westerners had left, Al-Masri slipped out of the museum and went to the Suken Nahasi, the bazaar of the coppersmiths. He wended his way through back alleys to a dark, narrow doorway none of the locals dared enter. Halt! It's you, Al-Masri. What do you want? I must speak to the master. It is urgent. Go. Forgive me, Sheikh, for this intrusion. What do you want, Al-Masri? The American magician, Houdini, he is here in Cairo. This is well known. But, Master, he was just at the museum where he has bought the sarcophagus of our queen. What? It's true. He plans to use it in some kind of magic trick. Not just the sarcophagus. He's bought her mummy, too. How dare he? Such sacrilege must be paid for. The curator Dupuis sold her to him. And there was another American, an archaeologist. He heard me call down a curse on them. Idiot. Forgive me. Shall I take care of this Houdini? No. You take care of the curator and the archaeologist. I shall handle the famous Houdini personally. Later, Houdini and Bess looked at the wares sold at a tourist stall near Shepherd's Hotel. I must say, I thought Cairo would be more, I don't know, Egyptian. This street could be any big city. Where, where's the oriental glamour? Where, where's the mystery? That guy from the museum should have been here 30 minutes ago. <laughs> You're on Arab time now, darling. Oh, heavens. Look at these poor children. Just ignore them or we'll never get rid of them. Bess, what do you think of this? It's one of those pharaoh headdresses. Uh, Too gaudy? Very handsome on you, sir. No, children, I'm sorry. I don't have anything. How much? Very ancient. I'll make you good bargain. For you, offender, 20. Inchi, inchi. Ascot Kalis Yazef, Entra Eze Tahud, Fellowsman, Sochroch. Anna, see, my Asadish, Samahid. Forgive me. Ah, please. You take, no charge, I give you. Nice trick there. Are you from the. Salama Allahum, I am Abdul Reis Al Drogman. I shall be your guide. That's quite a name. I'm Houdini, my wife, Bess. This is Abdul Reis al Drogman from the museum. Your humble servant, madame. Harry, we need to pay for that. How much is it? Please, madame. This man sells only cheap trinkets made for tourists. His wares are unworthy of you. It would be my pleasure to show you the real Egypt. The real Egypt? Old Cairo. The ancient, exotic, and mysterious Cairo. The one unseen by most visitors. This I can show you. And much more. Come. A motor coach awaits. Sounds like just our kind of fellow, eh, Bess? It does sound exciting. 
If Monsieur Dupuis sent him, I suppose he knows best. Yes, of course. Let's go. They drove east past the Azbekia Gardens along the Muski and saw such wonders as they had before only read and dreamed of. Old Cairo was a storybook and a dream labyrinth of narrow alleys redolent of aromatic secrets. Maelstroms of oriental traffic with strange cries, cracking whips, rattling carts, jingling money and braying donkeys, kaleidoscopes of robes, veils, turbans and tarbushes, water carriers and dervishes, soothsayers and barbers. And over all, the whining of blind beggars and the sonorous chanting of muezzins from minarets limbed delicately against a sky of deep, unchanging blue. Meanwhile, not far from the museum, Masked visitors approached the home of associate curator Jean-Paul Dupuis. Yes, what do you... Uh, it's you. Al-Masra, isn't it? Uh, what, what do you want? I have a message for you, sir. Well, what is it? Oh! Quick, take him, take him! The Houdini's guide took them along the Sharia Muhammad Ali to the ancient mosque of Sultan Hazan and stopped the motor coach near the tower flanked Bab al Azhar. This is the magnificent Kala at Salah al Din. Saladin the Great built it to protect the city from the Crusaders in the 12th century. I hope an uphill walk will not be too taxing for madame. She's tougher than the rest of us, Abdul. Don't you worry about her. Harry. Please, to follow. The guide knew his trade well. They circled the modern mosque of Muhammad Ali and looked down from the dizzying parapets over mystic Cairo all golden with its carven domes, its ethereal minarets, and its flaming gardens. And beyond it, across the cryptic yellow Nile that is the mother of eons and dynasties, lurked the menacing sands of the Libyan desert, undulant and iridescent and evil with older arcana. And towering there over all of it stood the mighty pyramids of Giza. Magnificent. I've never seen anything which makes me feel such a sense of time. It's fantastic. Abdul, it's a great tour you've led us on, but we must get a closer look at those pyramids. Perhaps tomorrow... We can go now, sir, if you wish it. You will find that time itself waits for the deeper mysteries of primal Egypt. The black hem of Ra and Amen. Isis and Osiris. Now that's what I want to see. Harry, you're like a little kid. It's adorable. Thank you, my desert queen. Lead on, Abdul! Meanwhile, Professor Nathaniel Ward carried out his work for the Tower Foundation in the Cairo Museum's canopic room. Hmm? Is someone there? Oh, it's you. I'm sorry about before I... Look, I don't know who your friend is, but you're not supposed to be in here. This collection is restricted. You need to go. No, wait! You... Uh! Leaving the motor coach at the Mina House Hotel, Abdul Reis al Dragman led the Houdinis toward the celebrated plateau of Giza in the most traditional way possible. Really, Bess? Is this any way for civilized people to travel? Uh, don't be a nervous Nelly, Harry. 
Besides, you look great up there. Hold still. Let me take a photo of you. I would if I knew how to get the bloody beast to stop. Do not be deceived by the squalor of these poor domiciles we ride past. A most excellent vista awaits as we round the corner. I don't know, Abdul. This camel's frightfully awkward. <laughs> the Great Pyramids. Oh, Harry. Breathtaking. First we shall ride to the mysterious Sphinx for a closer look. Then we shall examine the pyramids. Abdul, which pharaoh built the Sphinx? <laughs> no pharaoh, madame. The Sphinx is from an age before the pharaohs. Before the pyramids? It is something fearfully ancient. Behold. Look at it, Bess. It's monstrous. It's eerie. There's almost... I don't know how to put it, but smile. They say, uh, who are those fellows down there? German archaeologists, Effendi. They are hoping to enter a temple below the Sphinx. Can we go talk to them? Ich spreche ein wenig Deutsch. You wish to speak with Germans, Effendi? Are you not American? Germany is not so friendly with America just now, I think. Well, listen to him, Bess. He is a politician. I am but a humble man, Effendi. But in Egypt, even the humblest must be politicians. And mine to whom they speak. Well, don't worry, Abdul. Everybody's friendly with my husband. You'll see. As you wish, madame. However, the Germans may not be so friendly with me. With your permission, Effendi, I shall remain here with the animals. <clears throat> your hand, madame Houdini. Thank you. Chin up, Abdul. We'll have a look around and be back before you can say, Ottoman Empire. <laughs> Yes, Effendi. Why do you suppose he thinks the Germans wouldn't like him? Who knows? With the British and the French and the Germans and the Turks and the Hedi, everybody wants a piece of Egypt. Maybe. There's something about that, Abdul, that I just Look can't... at that wall there, Bess. Rodrigo could paint us up a backdrop just like that for the Under the Pyramids Act. Take a photo. Under the Pyramids? I don't think that's the right title. Nonsense. Here. Looks like we could just climb over this fence. Harry, no, the guards... Halt! Here is kein Zutritt. Der Zugang ist für Touristen gesperrt. Ich bin Houdini. Sie sind Houdini? Der Zauberkünstler? Dürfte ich um ein Autogramm bitten, Herr Houdini? Aber natürlich. Uh-oh. This must be the boss coming over. Was ist denn hier los? Machen Sie sich wieder an der Arbeit, ihr zwei. Herr Direktor, das ist Harry Houdini, der Zauberkünstler. Houdini? You are Houdini? Zu Ihren Diensten, Herr Direktor. And my wife, Beatrice. Mein Herr, gnädige Frau, I am Ludwig Borschardt, Director of the German Archaeological Institute here in Cairo. I apologize for my appearance, but we... Nonsense, my good man. You're hard at work. Our guide brought us out to the Sphinx, and we thought we'd take a closer look. Who is your guide? Oh, he's just some Arab. Dupuis over at the museum set us up with him. Oh, don't let us interrupt you. No, no. It is not often we have such famous visitors. Uh, please, come with me. I shall show you about. Uh, Herr Borchardt, our guide said that the Sphinx is older than the pyramids? Oh, my, yes. You see... The pyramids were built from stones cut elsewhere, brought to this place by slaves. But the Sphinx, it is carved directly from the rock of this plateau. It is a part of the land itself. That's amazing. What what does it represent? Some kind of creature? a, A god? If only we knew, Herr Houdini. 
That is its mystery. There are legends among the Arabs that it had another face before this one you see. A face ancient and terrible. It is said the pharaoh Kafran ordered his own face to be put there in its place so men could look upon it without fear. Kafran, he was married to Nitocris? <laughs> Very good, madam. <laughs> Here, come close. See the writing? It is the emblem of Raharakte, the sun god. A century ago, scholars found this mark and thought it was the name of the Sphinx. <laughs> but the Sphinx stood here for thousands of years before this symbol was put here. The Sphinx was nearly buried by the desert, but a pharaoh ordered that it be fully restored. Why is that? Interesting story. I translated it from the Dreamsteller at the National Museum. It says that a young prince was out on a hunting trip and stopped to rest under the head of the Sphinx, which at the time was buried to the neck in sand. He fell asleep and dreamed that the Sphinx told him if he would clear away all the sand, he would be the next pharaoh. Let me guess. He did, and he took the throne. Indeed, Frau Houdini. <laughs> he became the pharaoh Tutmosis IV of the 18th dynasty. There are very superstitious people in Egypt who believe that the Sphinx is an entity older than all the gods. They say it is the source of all mistress and power. Hmm. That gives new meaning to its smile, eh, Bess? <laughs> <laughs> what other mysteries have Borchardt? Mysteries are my business. That's what our excavation is exploring. There's a temple beneath the Sphinx, and we have found passages leading deep under the plateau. We have had to erect a metal gate leading to some of the passages to keep our discoveries from getting out. I mean, to keep our people out of our discoveries. How far into the ground is it go? Director, Herr Director. Der Boden hinter den Metalltüren ist eingebrochen. Nur ist in einen tiefen Schacht gefallen. Er sagt, er hätte sich das Bein gebrochen. Ja, ja, ich komme sofort. Holen Sie den Mann raus und verschließen Sie die Türen auf der Stelle. Und besorgen Sie mehr Arbeiter zum Schaufeln. My apologies, an emergency at the site. It was a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Genetische Frau, Herr Houdini. Gleich falls, Herr Borchardt. I couldn't make it out. What happened at the dick? He spoke pretty fast. Uh, a floor gave way and opened up a shaft that led deep underground. Leaving the Sphinx behind them, the Houdinis returned to their camels and guide. They rode past Cyclopean masonry and looked down ahead into a valley beyond which the eternal Nile glistened to the east and the eternal desert shimmered to the west. The Great Pyramid loomed over them, showing its rough bulk of great stones, while the others retained here and there the neatly fitted covering which had made them smooth and finished in their day. Abdul, did they build Cairo to be near the pyramids, or were the pyramids built to be near Cairo? An excellent question, good lady. In the dynasties of the old pharaohs, there was no Cairo. The great city was Memphis, south of here. Hufu. Second pharaoh of the fourth dynasty chose this plateau for his tomb. The greatest monument which man has ever built or shall ever build. I'll say. All of this just for one man's grave. There was nothing more important to our people than the afterlife. When the body can lie eternally, 
One could say that even death may die. Just how big are they, Abdul? The Great Pyramid stands at 450 feet. At the ground, each side is 750 feet. Wait, why is this called the Great Pyramid? The one behind it looks even taller. <laughs> Trick of the eye, my dear. Am I right, Abdul? Yes, Houdini, sir. The rock beneath the second pyramid is some 30 feet higher. It's built at a steeper angle, too. See? Ah, yes. It was built by Hufu's son, the Pharaoh Heferin. And the third, the pyramid of King Mycerinus, is the most small of the three. Come, please, to dismount. What do these filthy savages want, Abdul? They are offering to climb the pyramid for you, to show you how fast it can be done. For enough bakshish, these dogs will undertake almost anything. How long does it take? This one claims he can do it in seven minutes. Seven minutes, madame! This one says he can do it in five. Uh, but it costs more. Oh, I think I'd like to see that. May I suggest, madame, that you will find it more to your liking if I lead you to the top myself? A capital idea, Abdul. Come, have water first, then follow me. With the encouragement and assistance of the mysterious Abdul, the Houdinis mounted the limestone blocks, each itself three to four feet high, like the steps of a staircase built for the gods. Their arduous effort was abundantly rewarded with a view of unprecedented magnificence, which included not only remote and glittering Cairo, with its crowned citadel background of gold-violet hills, but all the lesser pyramids of the Memphian district as well, from Abu Roche on the north to Dashur on the south. Sir, Madame, I give you Egypt. It's... Words fail me. The immensity, the, the antiquity. Those pyramids, the things that must be in them, under them. I'm awestruck. This, this is what a new act should feel like. Everyone should have the chance to feel this. After soaking in this breathtaking sight, the party made its laborious way back down the antediluvian mountain of stone. Nearly there now. Mind your step, madame. I tell you, Abdul, I think getting down this thing was harder than going up. How are you doing, my dear? Oh, I'm tired. I don't mind admitting that. Maybe we should... Oh, Harry, what do they want? I, I don't know. They want to show you the passage beneath the pyramids, madame. Oh, no, I couldn't possibly... Oh, no, 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 there's no need to. Clearly some bad blood here. I don't like it one bit. Gentlemen, gentlemen, enough, please, break it up. Your tarbouche, sir. Abdul. Thank you. Houdini, sir. Abdul Reis. Ileya Hanal Halmarka. 
میثق اشرف میثق اشرف انا موافق میثق اشرف کم میگو what was that all about an ancient argument defendi madam my apologies uh, it certainly ended quickly i beg your pardon madam houdini but it has not ended We agreed to a very ancient custom of Cairo. Tonight this man Ali Ziz and I will fight each other in the Mithak Asharaf. Uh, how you say... Duel. Oh, that seems awfully civilized. Honor demands it. This we will do on top of the Great Pyramid at midnight. We will both bring five men as seconds, yes? All fair fight, Western rules of boxing. Good heavens, what a spectacle that will be. Oh, well, I hope you're victorious, Abdul. Thank you, madame. I'm begging your pardon. I, I must go summon the men who will stand behind me for the fight. Oh, that's all right. I noticed a tourist trolley at the Mina House Hotel. We can take that back into the city and you can go on about your business. Harry? Uh, yes, of course. Uh, Abdul, I know it may seem out of place, but might... I be of service as one of your seconds? Harry! I do feel somewhat responsible, having interfered in the first place. Harry, it's none of our affair. It would indeed be a great honor to me. You see, my dear? Harry, this isn't some stage show. But your wife is right, sir. There are dangers. I'm not afraid of danger. You are a Westerner. No one will think you are shameful or weak to avoid this. My people will understand this fighting is not for Houdini. Well, that does it. Now I insist on joining. Back in their room at Shepherd's Hotel, Bess expressed her grave concerns. Harry, you can't be serious about attending this fight. Why wouldn't I be? It'll be a hoot. Alone at midnight with a bunch of street ruffians? You saw how crazy they were. I know how to fight. You know I used to box with my brother Dash. It's not the same thing and you know it. I've been through a lot worse than this. This is child's play. Watching some Bedouins knock each other around atop the Great Pyramid in the moonlight? Oh, no, my dear. It's, it's just too good to pass up. There's something about that guide. He's hiding something. The way he avoided those German archaeologists? Plenty of people don't get on with Germans, Beth. It's fishy. I don't like it, Harry. You know perfectly well I can take care of myself. Take Rodrigo. Huh. At least let me ring down to the concierge and have them send a reporter with you. Someone who can... No! I don't need a babysitter. And I'll be deuced if I'll let some Arab pass himself off as braver or more honorable than Houdini. This will all be a lark, my dear. You worry much too much. Harry, I love you, but mark my words. Something terrible is going to happen. I can feel it. Soothing his wife's concerns with a tender kiss goodnight, Houdini went with Abdul Reis al-Dragman that night and joined a select and formidable band of congenial cutthroats as his pugilistic background. Trogman's party, mounted on donkeys, embarked for Giza. As they approached the famed plateau, they passed the last of the returning tourists, saluted the last inbound trolley car, avoided the dozing policeman, and were alone with the night and the past and the spectral moon. It's amazing, Abdul. What a sight! The pyramids by moonlight. They have a ghoulish menace that one just doesn't see in the daytime. Yes, Effendi. They truly stir the heart. Thank you for letting me come along. Thank you for insisting. You will not forget this night. Say, what's that ahead? Naliziz and his men are already here. 
What you see are his donkeys outlined against the desert at Kafil Haram. Well, let's not keep them waiting, huh? Come on. Leaving their mounts behind in the squalid Arab settlement, Houdini and Drogman's men went up the rocks and over the sand to the Great Pyramid, and eagerly climbed again its time-worn sides. As most travelers know, the actual apex of the Great Pyramid has long been worn away, leaving a reasonably flat platform 12 yards square. On this eerie pinnacle, a squared circle was formed. Ali Ziza's men on one side, Abdul Reese's on the other. A sort of referee initiated the process. Ali Aziz Arab, Regal Abdul Reis, Entekamar. Endu Tarafu El Kawaid, Gazin, Abdetu. Come on, Abdul Reis al Drogma. It is done now. I am the victor. It didn't seem like much of a scrape at all. What? Everyone's making tea now? Extraordinary. It is our way. Tea, Udini? Please. They wish me to ask you if it is true you are creating a new trick from your experience here in Egypt. I am. It's going to be a blockbuster. I'm thinking it'll be called Under the Pyramids. Baul el Kahida el Gedida Eshma Fezel el Ahamara. I don't like it. Best didn't like it either. Maybe imprisoned with the pharaohs. <laughs> yes. This is much better. This tea is interesting. I, I don't... Wait. I know that fellow over there. You were at the museum. What? What's your name? Ansep al-Masri. You will not forget it again. Yes, I was there. Oh, all right. Something's not right with all this. What's going on? Hudu! Suddenly, the entire band of Bedouins attacked our hero. He struggled at first, but soon saw that one man, even a Houdini, could make no headway against a band of over 20 sinewy barbarians. His hands were tied behind his back, his knees bent to their fullest extent, and his wrists and ankles stoutly linked together with unyielding cords. Damn you! Untie me! The gag will keep him quiet, bind his eyes and take him down. Put him there, remove his gag and blindfold. No one will hear him down. <laughs> Who are you people? I assure you, you'll regret- Silence! Remove the hoods of the other blasphemers. Houdini, why do you- oh, I am completely innocent- oh! Mr. Dupuy, Nate Ward, you savages, what do you do- Speak no more, dog. My faithful servants have told me what you plan to do to further defile the final resting place in the sacred body of my queen, she who is mightier in death, Nitagres. Yeah, 
Houdini. You are famous for your magic and escapes. Now you shall come to know the true magic of the hidden powers and forces that live in this land, that live beyond death. This time for you there shall be no escape. Ia hemes er kehari ded e enik ahabeten. Ia kara ia netem chivimut. Ia nitekaret helut mesha yutimut. What are they saying, Nate? They're addressing him as Kefren. Him? Kefren? He does look just like the statue in... I am a mere tour guide, Abdul Rez Aldrogni. Good Lord. This was a big frame-up all along. But what about these men? Yes. What about them? Let me go. I'm a government official. I... <laughs> I've done nothing. Nothing? You would sell holy relics for a few coins to prop up your sad museum. And you... Yes. Hmm. You know too much. Story of my life. Blindfold them, gag them, and lower them down. The guardian of the temple awaits to receive them. The gloating Bedouin cultists dragged their bound captives a few feet to a ragged opening in the ground and pushed them over the side, lowering them on mighty ropes. For apparent aeons, they bumped against the stony, irregular sides of the narrow hewn well. Down. Down down into the Stygian darkness. The horror of the experience deepened with every dragging second. That any descent through the sheer solid rock could be so vast without reaching the core of the planet itself seemed all but beyond belief. Finally, after what felt like an eternity, the three men once again felt solid ground beneath them. Are you there? Professor Ward? Mr. Dupuis? You can work the gags out of your mouth. Just push your lower lip as, as high as it will go and then jut it out and lower your jaw. Got it. It's off. Good man. Where are we? We're not far from the pyramid. I'd guess one of the burial shafts, but I don't know of any as deep as this. Dupuis, are you? What's that sound? It's the rope. They're dropping it on us. Oh, we'll be buried in it. The falling rope began to pile up about and upon the men, continuing as no rope of normal length could possibly do. It gained in momentum and became an avalanche of hemp, accumulating mountainously on the floor and half-burying them beneath its swiftly multiplying coils. Soon, they were completely engulfed and gasping for breath as the increasing convolution submerged and stifled them. Houdini! God in heaven, how deep are we? I, I can't... Houdini! 
Houdini, can you hear me? Wake up! Damn it! Oh, Ward. Is that you? What, what happened? You passed out. I don't know. We have to get out of here. There's something down here. I think it carried off Dupuis. I just can't get these ropes to budge. Well, I can. Hold on. Wait. How are you? I never reveal a secret, old boy, but... Ah! Nearly there now. Ah. Now it's your turn. Where are Here. Damn all this rope. Ah, here we go. Oh, finally, get this blindfold off. Oh my god, there's no light at all down here. Can't see a thing. Wait. Ah, yes, those devils took my fleur-de-lis, but they didn't take this. Good heavens, Houdini, you're a wreck. The cuts, bruises... You're not looking great yourself, huh? Sure, we were all scraped up as they lowered us into this hellhole. Your shoulder? It's out of the socket. Yes. Comes with the territory. Here, give my elbow a good shove, will you? Ah! Sorry, Bess usually does that for me. Oh, if only I'd listened to her. Mm, much better. This whole attack, they're, they're upset about the stone coffin? Sarcophagus. Yes. And the mummy of the ghoul queen. Ghoul queen? Ah, you didn't mention that part. Oh, I hate to disagree with you, but yes, I did. Superstitions and folklore can be incredibly powerful forces among those who believe in them. Abdul Reis al That name is an obvious fake. In Arabic, that would be the servant of a person in authority who leads tourists. And I fell for it. Me? It was a masterful misdirection. I just saw what he wanted me to see. Bess was right all along. His followers called him Kefren. He played the tour guide all day just so they could drop me down a well? They're probably waiting to ambush us as soon as we find the exit. I think there's more to it than that. What do you mean? Well, I don't often hear ancient Egyptians spoken out loud, but he said something about a sacrifice. It was a creature or some kind of thing came for Dupuis. What kind of thing? Well, I don't know. Here, look. This is where he was. There's more rope. This piece was... Torn or bitten off. Ow! This lighter's too hot to keep holding. Whatever it is, it's still down here. It's time to make an escape. Dupuis was still alive when the thing took him. Then we find him, work our way out of this place, and damn these savages. Nate? Are you there? Over here. It's impossible in this darkness. Well, it's not a torch, but this rope burns. It'll give us a little light. Here, take this one. It's like trying to find your way through... Grand Central Station by the light of a cigar. Look at the smoke. The air's moving to our right. It must be going somewhere. Let's see. Houdini and Professor Ward cautiously felt their way forward in the all-consuming darkness of a colossal chamber unknown to archaeologists. Look, there's a wall ahead. Thank God. I thought this room just went on forever. What is this place? I thought it was the Gateway Temple, but now I'm not so sure. Here, look at this wall. There are no joints or stones. This was dug directly out of the rock. The air is moving this way. It must lead to an opening. Look, there's writing up here. Hieroglyphics, isn't it? The wall's covered in it. Yes. What is it? Can you read it? This doesn't make sense. Runo Peret M. Heru. The Book of the Deathless Dead. Deathless? Seems to me these people were obsessed with death and dying. Absolutely. To them, living beings were whole, but in death, the body and spiritual forces came apart. 
They believed the body could literally come back to life, so they protected bodies with desperate care and preserved all the vital organs in canopic jars near the corpse. Hence all the mummies. Right. Then there was the Ka, the person's life force which would remain in the tomb near the body. They thought the Ka needed food to sustain itself in the afterlife, so priests and family members left offerings for it in the tombs. It said the Ka could take the body and perform essential duties. You mean the mummy? The Ka could make the mummies move? So they say. The mummies lay there awaiting the day when Osiris should restore both Ka and soul and lead forth the stiff legions of the dead from the sunken houses of sleep. It was to have been a glorious rebirth, but... But what? Damn, my rope's burned out. Yes, you can see it here with mine, on this panel. See this figure? It's a mummy, some pious, wealthy person properly preserved for the afterlife. Almost lifelike. Exactly. But look here. This talks of a place where... Abyss below, where winged cars and soulless mummies join, surrounded by the... I don't know what this means. Look at these. Human trunks and limbs, but topped with... Bulls. Cats. Ibises. Crocodiles. They're composite mummies made to mimic the forms of gods. They would actually attach human remains to animal remains and make a monstrous... That's what it says. Though no archaeologist has ever found one of these... things... Here, these glyphs describe Hephren and Nitocris ruling over a deathless army of these things, far beneath the Temple of the Sphinx. I saw it. These things, when I fell unconscious. What do you mean, you saw it? Well, maybe it was that tea they gave me. I, I saw Hephren ruling over an army of these horrid hybrids. Nitocris, too. Oh my god, hey, what, what kind of loathsome abnormality was the Sphinx originally made to represent? Shh. That could be Dupuis. This way. You smell that? It's strange. Spices? It's human. Naphtha. Natron, too. They're used in the mummification process. I've smelled this in museums stronger than smelling salts. It's the smell of death itself. It's stronger in this direction. You're right. It's a... In the darkness, Houdini and Ward failed to see the edge of a stone staircase and plummeted headlong down the treacherous flight to face new horrors. Houdini. Houdini, wake up. It's me, Nate. Oh, you've got to wake up. Nate. What happened? Some stairs. You were unconscious again. For how long? A few minutes. Twenty at most. I see. I'm... Sorry, Nate. That's not like me. I am... Oh, you've lost blood. That tea may have been drugged. This whole ordeal is... Well, it's nothing to be ashamed of. I won't tell anyone you fainted. Fainted? I think you mean I was knocked out. Yes, of course. Uh, what I mean is that your secrets, whatever they may be, are safe with me. I must have hit my head. I, I hear music. I can't be real. No, I hear it too. Flute, Sambuke, Sistrum, Tympanum, they are... The ancient instruments. The music's coming this way. I think I see light. You're right. I keep to the shadows. There's feet marching. There are torches. 
Down limitless reaches of sunless pavement, a spark of light flickered in the malodorous wind, and Houdini and Ward drew behind the enormous circumference of a cyclopic column to escape the horror that was stalking toward them through gigantic hypostyles of inhuman dread and phobic antiquity. My god, Ward. It's just like you said. Look at them. No. Don't. It was hideous that footfalls so dissimilar should move in such perfect rhythm. The training of unhallowed thousands of years must lie behind that march of Earth's inmost monstrosities. Padding, clicking, walking, stalking, rumbling, lumbering, crawling, and all to the abhorrent discord of those mocking instruments. God, keep the thought of those Arab legends out of my head, then. There are mummies without souls. This is the meeting place of the wandering. The hordes of the devil-cursed, pharaonic dead of forty centuries. This is a dream. It has to be. Keep telling yourself that. Houdini, we have to get out of here. Ward, look at the size of this place. The columns go up to... My god, there's thousands of them marching. They're going to that opening. It's, it's huge. What's in there, Ward? I don't want to know. It's offerings. They're taking offerings, food, drink. Oh my god, there's something in there, Ward. Something huge. Houdini, come on. This way. He has a jackal's head. A crocodile. Don't look. Walking legs with no body. Taking something else up to the altar at the opening. Abdul Reis. Hefren, the queen. Nitocris, half her face eaten away. The monstrosities were hailing something which had emerged from the nauseous aperture to seize the hellish fair proffered it. It was something quite ponderous, something yellowish and hairy, and endowed with strange emotion. I said don't look! Houdini, run! Follow me, don't look back! They're gaining on us! Should be a passage this way. It should be. There's nothing. No. This is plaster. It's a false wall. They're common in Egyptian tombs. It must be. If we can just break through. Step aside. Well done. Through here. I was right. The passage slopes upwards. Oh, the oh. smell. It's death. It's Naphtha and bitumen uh. for the mummies. I'll hold my breath. Stop now! We can make it! We can make it! Harry, can you hear me? Oh my God, 
Legions of them. Harry, you're safe now. Uh, I knew he'd come round. Hippopotami should not have human hands and carry torches. Men should not have the heads of crocodiles. It's all right, Harry. You're safe now. Bess. Oh, my love. Where am I? You're in the courtyard outside the Temple of the Sphinx. But what happened? When you didn't come back from your midnight boxing match, Rodrigo and I came to find you. Hello, boss. Looks like you've had some adventure. Your wife found my men and we organized a search for Herr Houdini. She was quite determined. Where did you find me? No offense, Herr Borchardt, but you and your men look like hell. Archaeology is dirty work. It's nothing for you to worry about. We found you and Herr Ward inside the locked gates and brought you out. What about Monsieur Dupuis? Any sign of him? Dupuis? No, we only found you two. Why? Was he with you? Um, I'm not... I thought I heard someone. It might have been him. I will alert my men. What about the Arabs? Abdul Reis, El Dragman, Ali Ziz, and... Uh... Who was that other one? Al Masri. He works for the museum. My men searched the plateau. There doesn't seem to be anyone here but you. But there was a break-in at the museum late last night. What? Yeah. They radioed us to say a sarcophagus and a mummy were taken last night. Uh, not valuable pieces. But it is a strange coincidence, no? I bet I know what they took. Herr Borchardt, thank you for your help. Dankeschön, mein Herr. It is nothing. Besides, now I can say I helped the great Houdini make his escape from under the pyramids. <laughs> <laughs> Farewell, my friends. You see, Bess, it's, it's not such a bad title. Come on, you two. You look like you've been through a war. I've got some water stashed just over here. By the Sphinx? As good a place as any. Come, sit. You too, Nate. So what really happened, Harry? I should have listened to you, Bess. It was all a setup. The Bedouin devils turned on me. They were outraged about me buying the mummy and the, um, Sarcophagus. For the act. They captured me, Ward and Dupuis, tied us up, and lowered us down this incredibly deep shaft. The rest of it was... Well, Dupuis is still missing, but your husband was a hero, Bess. Ah, now. Oh, Mrs. Houdini. I'm embarrassed to admit it, but I fainted down there. More than once. If it weren't for your husband, I might have died in that tomb. I don't have his bravery. He's a remarkable man. Thank you, Professor Ward. I know just what you mean. Seriously, Bess, there's... There's things down there. Monstrous. It, it came out of this opening like the paw of... Well, like a giant living sphinx. It, it was the spirit of Egypt itself. Harry. Nate, you saw it. Back me up here. I think maybe you had too much of that Egyptian tea. <laughs> it was just a dream. It was no dream. Look at the cuts on your... Bumping around in the dark of an ancient tomb. I probably knocked my head against a wall. No, damn it. it... Never reveal a secret, Houdini. You, of all people, should know that magic is best left unexplained. <laughs> You've been listening to H.P. Lovecraft's Imprisoned with the Pharaohs. Brought to you by our sponsor, Bubble Pep. Keep a spring in your step with the nervalicious taste of Bubble Pep. Drink Bubble Pep, let us pour you some. The L is for Lithium, yum, yum. Until next week, 
This is Erskine Blackwell reminding you to never go anywhere alone. If it looks bad, don't look and save the last bullet for yourself. Imprisoned with the Pharaohs was adapted for radio and produced by Sean Branny and Andrew Lehman. Original music by Troy Sterling Neese. The Dark Adventure Ensemble featured Leslie Baldwin, Aidan Branny, Sean Branny, Dan Conroy, Chad Pfeiffer, Matt Foyer, Elaine Cashin, Andrew Lehman, Jacob Lyle, Barry Lynch, Josh Temke, Eddie Will, and Time Winters. Tune in next week for The Toad Legions of Empress Ming, a thrilling tale by Natasha Blue Mimsy. Dark Adventure Radio Theater is a production of the HPAHS Broadcasting Group, a subsidiary of HPAHS Incorporated, copyright 1931, plus 83.